Hey everybody, welcome to the Search Report podcast number six. I'm joined here today with my father and co-host Rob Sullivan. Hi everyone. So today we're going to uh, talk about talk a little bit more about uh, some of these free SEO tools that you guys can use. Um, last episode we talked about some site analysis tools, um, analytics, and some website speed tests. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about some link research, uh, search term analysis, and just some other random free tools. Um, so Dad, why don't we just hop right in here to some basic link research tools? Sure. Um, okay, actually, the first I'm going to talk about is Xenu. Um, it's actually one of the first tools I ever found online. It's a free desktop tool you can download. It's old, but it works really, really good. Um, it does actually do a couple things which people may not have realized you can do with it. I mean, the, the primary purpose of the tool is to find any broken links on your website. So what it does, is it acts like a search engine spider. You paste in the URL of your website, and it goes and downloads your links. Uh, and it finds you broken links, it finds broken images, anything like that. So actually it's a good site analysis tool too, but what it, uh, it's also good for competitive analysis because you can use it to crawl your competitors' websites and find people that link to them or people they link to. And then from there you can of course do more research to find other sites to link, um, get links from. Uh, but I think the biggest use I've ever used it for is uh, just going through sites, finding finding broken links, and then you know it gives you a nice little report at the end that you can use to fix those links because it not only tells you which ones are broken, but where you know they're linked from. So you can easily go to that page and remove or repair the link um, that's on that page. Okay. What about uh, there's another one here? Uh, I think Ahrefs. Is that yep. how you pronounce it? Ahrefs. Yeah, that's one where you can go. Uh, same sort of thing. You can go. You put your website in or anybody's website in, and it gives you a list of websites linking to them. It gives you nice little graphs to show you the, you know, the history over time of how the links have grown or shrunk. Um, it, it gives you all kinds of different uh, data you can use, um, so you can get an idea, a link profile of your own website. You know how it's been doing in their database, but also competitors. You know, put a competitor's URL in there and get the links that point back to them, which then, you know, if they're relevant to you, you could always go request links back from those sites as well. Okay. Um, uh, and, and here on the list, actually, we have a, a Moz tool here. We were talking about them the other day. Uh, it's their Open Site Explorer. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, well, Moz actually has a whole bunch of free tools that you can use. Uh, Open Site Explorer is one I like to use because it gives a little more different data. <clears throat> you know, it's the same sort of thing. You put the URL in the, in the bar, and it'll give you data on things like, you know, who links to you uh, or, or your competitor's website. But even things like some of the search phrases they're being found for, some of the sponsored listings they're paying for, quite a bit of useful information you can get from it. Both from, you know, your own site, but also some very good competitive analysis tools, you know, things you can do on competitor sites or any other site out there, really. It doesn't even have to be competitors. It can be any site out there if you want to get more information on. Okay, so... Basically, if you just go to moz.com and just look through there and start playing around with all their free tools. <laughs> uh, pretty much, yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> awesome. Sounds like fun. <laughs> um, let's move on to uh, move on to some of our search term analysis tools here. Um, why don't we just start with AdWords? Yeah. So Google, of course, when you, you can use Google AdWords, gives you paid advertising. So you can pay to get found on the, you know, at the top of Google for your search phrases. And a lot of people think that's all it is. It's just, oh, I go to Google AdWords and I sign up and I pay for ads. Um, but what it does is you can actually use the keyword tool in AdWords to find really good search phrases for organic ranking because 
it gives you the phrases that people are searching for. Now, AdWords don't appear on every single page. So what, where they appear is the pages that are most on the phrases that are most searched for. So basically what it gives you is like a way to filter out those low converting phrases those or those low search for phrases and only gives you the phrases where ads appear. So by doing so, you can use those same keywords for your organic tra uh, rankings. And the nice thing is they give you trends, they give you, you know, the the AdWord competition, so what the competition is like for the ads being placed, even like the average cost per click for the ads. So you get a pretty good idea of what's important to your competition in terms of search phrases. So say you want to be found for hot water heaters because it's, you know, we're getting close to the time of year when hot water heaters go. You put in that phrase, it'll give you a list of, you know, alternatives to that single phrase, uh, what people are paying for in AdWords, how competitive it is in AdWords, and gives you kind of an idea of whether or not this is a good organic search phrase to try to position your site for or not. Okay. Why don't we, uh, let's move on to the Bing keyword research tool. Uh, very similar to the AdWords tool. It will give you search phrases for what's going on on Bing. I would actually suggest using them both because people do use Bing a little differently than Google. And even though Bing is not as big as Google, it still gets millions of searches a day. And it's a free tool you can use. And remember that Bing supplies traffic to Yahoo as well. So really, you're, you know, when it comes to search engines, there's Google, there's Yahoo, and there's Bing. That's it. I mean, there's lots of small ones too, but those are the three that will drive the most traffic to your website. So it's a good idea to go through the Bing tool, um, go through the AdWords tool. What you can do is like once you get your list of finalized phrases from Google, from AdWords, paste that list into Bing and see what it generates. See if it brings other alternatives that you may not have thought of. Right. I just one little thing I kind of want to say about Bing. Bing. <laughs> Bing. Uh, I mean, not to hit on them, but it was it was kind of interesting when I was, of course, when I was living in, in Red Deer, I think I told you, I was working at the Future Shop. Uh, Microsoft sent in a rep to basically teach us about the new features of Office and a little bit about Bing. Like, that's all it was really supposed to be. But I swear to God, like 90% of this presentation was just her trying to switch us from Google to Bing. <laughs> and it was one of those things where I was just like, okay, I get it. Bing's nice, but you're never going to switch me over. No. Well, I mean, Bing is actually really good. A lot of people don't give Bing enough credit. Like if you do a comparison of search results, like an apples to apples comparison, they pretty much give you the same results as Google and sometimes even a little better. And they do throw a few more variations in there that, you know, like for example, Bing has a deal with Twitter. Uh, and Facebook, I believe. So you get social results in the search results. So in some ways, it's a little more superior, but it still doesn't have the traffic that Google does. <laughs> I think, I think just, I mean, yeah, definitely that's, those are all perfectly valid points, but I think where Bain fails is they just don't have the same brand as Google. Like no one walks around and says, um, ask the questions. I don't know, Bing it. Like it's always, it's Google it. And even yeah. if you go and use Bing, it's always going to be like, Google it. It sounds weird when you say Bing it. I've, I've never, I think this is the first time I've ever said go Bing it because <laughs> it sounds weird. <laughs> well, it's funny, you know, I remember reading something a few years ago. Um, you know what the number one search phrase was on, well, it wasn't Bing. It was its predecessor at the time. The number one search phrase on Bing was Google. <laughs> they would go to, they go to Bing. It wasn't Bing. It was, uh, I can't remember what it was called at the time, but they type in google.com in the search box. That was the number one search. I feel I've, I have to say I've done that probably before because I know, like, when you use, like, like a, a long time ago when I used a little bit of Internet Explorer, they set you automatically to Bing, of course, but mm -hmm. then, of course, if Bing is the first website to pop up, like, I don't know about you, but I, I'm to the point now where 
when the Google um, homepage pops up just with the search bar, most of the time I type my URLs into the Google search bar. I don't know why. I just do it. And I feel like that's probably the same thing there. People are people say like, oh no, I have Bing. I need to switch this to Google. So I'm going to go to Google.com yeah, and, and switch it that way. The thing is they don't want to type it right in the address bar. They'll type it in the search bar. Because yeah. they're afraid if they type something in the address bar and they, they might end up in some dark place of the internet they can't get back from. I've talked to lots of people about that. And it's like, well, you know, I've watched people do that search. They'll go to the, you know, open their Internet Explorer at Google.com. It's like, well, why don't you just type in the address bar? Well, I don't know where I'd go if I did that. Well, you go to Google. It's like, well, you know, but people are afraid. So then when you try to tell them, well, you know, you can set Google as your homepage. It's really quite easy. Well, no, no, that would, might screw things up for me. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think because, I mean... I def I go on, I get I set it to Google.com right away, but it's like, because I know I've definitely done that before, a hundred percent. I've went to Google.com through the Bing search right. bar. <laughs> yeah. Anybody starting out, that's usually how it works. Until they get a little more advanced and figure out, they can set their homepage to whatever they want, and then then it becomes Google. But yeah, it takes takes a little bit of time for some people. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Um, why don't we why don't we go back here into some of these search term analysis tools? Uh, we have Google Trends here. I've played around with that a lot. It's pretty fun just to just play around with. <laughs> yeah, well, Google Trends is not actually one that people a lot of people consider for search term analysis, but it's actually really handy, and it's getting larger and larger in the terms in search or in terms of the phrases that you can use it for. Um, not only does it give you trends. It gives you geographic data and that sort of thing. Now, you can't drill down too much on really specific phrases, but it can give you an overall idea of some of the trends of what some people are searching for. And maybe it's not necessarily your core business, but it might be something that you could work into your business. You know, if something's emerging, like there's an emerging market, like solar panels, for example. Um, you know, solar is becoming larger and larger and larger. So maybe it's something an electrician who never thought about it before, if they're doing the research and see a growth in solar-related searches, might want to work into their business model, you know, because it's becoming more popular. Yeah, Google Google Trends I've noticed is actually it's huge in the uh, in the uh, import export business, right? For people that are reselling off Alibaba and stuff like that. Because I know I've, I've researched a lot about that, and that's one of the main tools that people use when they figure out what their next product that they're going to get is. Because there's lots of people that are they're not in a specific market; they're just in the industry of. I'm going to import whatever's selling right now. Maybe maybe this isn't necessarily selling hot right now, but based off of these Google Trends, I can I can make the assumption that in 6 months this is going to be a really hot item and boom, I'm going to have, you know, 500 in stock that I can sell off Amazon. Exactly. And you know, it's also good for finding out why something is becoming popular or important because it's trends. It shows you, you know, in the timeline you can see when something started to take off and maybe even go back to the source of that initial you know, report report of whatever it was. So, you know, whether it's a product or a service or even a celebrity that you never heard of, you can go there and see why all of a sudden it's becoming so popular. That's interesting. Google, uh, Google just blows my mind every day. I mean, like at, at just sort of a base level, what they're doing. Sure, it's it's innovative, it's cool, fancy technology. But when you really step back and you think about what Google's actually doing, well, Alphabet now, like, like, and it's ever since that that whole company restructured just to get off topic a little bit uh they're really they're going to take over the world i think <laughs> well and you know when you think about the okay, like if you just go back to google search for example you know when you do a search that page is not built yet like google's generating results and returning your web page to you in like fractions of a second 
Now you think about how many web pages there are in the world and Google's got to search through every one of those to find ones relevant to what you're searching for. And then it's going to return those in a list that they thinks it thinks is most relevant to what you're searching for. Then it puts in videos and puts in documents, puts in PDF files, adds ads, maybe adds driving directions. It's building it's building this page in a fraction of a second and pulling stuff that quickly into the web page and displaying it for you. It's 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 amazing how quickly this machine works. Like people don't realize how much technology is behind Google to make it do that. Well, yeah, I know. I've uh like I've I've cuz I of course I listen to a, a whole lot of podcasts and I've listened to you know like like ex Google employees talk about the early days and stuff like that and some of the stories they tell like scaling their infrastructure like they would literally they would they would have uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in their uh in their budget for servers and they would basically tell their staff to keep it secret that they're expanding they don't want Microsoft to know but they're doing making all these crazy big moves and like water-cooled data centers and like all this insane stuff and they're telling their staff members like hey don't tell these real estate agents that you work with google type thing like it's, mm -hmm. it's super down low <laughs> well i know like <clears throat> i read an article once and it was back in the early days when google was just starting to scale up to large to many you know multiple data centers and you know and their data centers are thousands of servers like thousands and thousands of servers and they expect a certain number of them to fail on a daily weekly basis like they they expect it, they plan it, you know, but the thing is they can easily swap out, I think it was up to 15% of their servers could be down at any single time and they could still serve data. Or actually is more than that. There's a huge number anyways. It's, it's built so robustly that, you know, most of their infrastructure could fail and they could still serve data. It's, it's crazy. And you can only do that kind of business when your employees live on your campus seven days a week and they're bust in and their kids are looked after at the daycare there and they get all their food for free. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I remember reading an article once when they were hiring a chef and like the, sh the chefs they were interviewing were going through a more stringent hiring process than the engineers were getting. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> that's insane. I guess, if, I guess if you want everybody to feel at home, that's, that's kind of what you have to do. But um, why don't we get back here into some of these basic tools here. Uh, we just have a few random tools uh, to talk about. Some tools that I never actually... Uh, considered uh, would, would have an impact on SEO. I know you, you have Gmail down here. Can you talk a little bit about how that specifically impacts your well, it can, SEO? Yeah, it actually can be used for a lot of things. For one thing, you know, if you're going to use Google Webmaster Tools and AdWords, set up a Gmail account first. Um, you're also going to need it if you want to do like a, a Google Places result or business result or whatever they're called now, like the map results. Better to have a Gmail address for that. Uh, Gmail is also good for when you want to do link requests. You can re you know make the request from your Gmail account. Because what happens when you do link requests a lot of times is your email address ends up on, a, on some kind of mailing list somewhere. So then you, you know, to, to save your regular business email inbox from getting, you know, thousands of emails a day from spam sites, use your Gmail address and let Gmail filter out the spam for you. It's just, you know, it's just a great time saver that way. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. I mean, because I know you have to go through and get a Google account before you... I mean, you have to have a Google account to set up a YouTube channel, to 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 do. I mean, to do a whole ton of a whole lot of things. And but that, I feel like at least personally, that that bugs me a little bit just because of the fact that like I'm I'm getting to the point now where like I'm looking after a lot of different websites and a different a lot of different little things, and I have like four or five different Gmail accounts that I have access to that I'm using. 
but just you know to constantly be switching between all of them and like like to be looking at an email in my personal Gmail but I'm uploading a video to a, a business YouTube account so I have to sign out of that Google mm. account and then re-sign in on YouTube so I can go to my channel I feel like that it, it kind of gets a little bit hectic sometimes it's that's the only downside I think. it can be but yeah. they're they are starting to address that with some some things like for example with webmaster tools and analytics you can assign roles like manager roles to other other accounts so for example you can like I have one Gmail account but I can access a lot of my clients uh, analytics reports and a lot of their webmaster tools because they've added me to their accounts so there's there's you know it's not perfect for sure and definitely there's some of that switching switching around but they are trying to address some of those issues and I mean the same goes for hotmail you know you probably you'll need a hotmail address for anything that you do with Bing so might as well get a hotmail address and you can use either one of those or a Yahoo email for for requesting links that sort of thing too just anything to keep it away from your your business email account if you're gonna do any link requests of any kind right yeah it's like every technology company has their team you know and it's like you're either your team Apple or your team Microsoft or your team Google I mean like like personally I'm team Google I think you know this I wished I wish Google would start coming out with like uh, like better operating systems other than Chrome OS so I can you know start doing a lot more stuff with like say an Android operating system on PC but that's but when you're a professional in the business doing uh, like SEO and all that type of stuff it's like you you have really no choice except to be scattered across all of these different teams <laughs> yeah exactly yeah Awesome. So uh, why don't we go into Copyscape here? I've never heard of this one. Can you talk about them? Uh, yep. Yeah. Copyscape actually does a few different things. You can, you know, It started out as a way to find plagiarized content. So you can paste you know, a string of text or a paragraph into a box and submit it, and it'll scour the web and tell you if it's found duplications of content. So it's a good way to find out if a competitor has stolen you know, your web page content because you can then turn around and get that page removed from Google search results, for example. Um, it's a good way to also compare two web pages. So if you think somebody's copied your content, you can stick your web page URL in there and theirs and see how much of it is duplicate. <clears throat> so it's, it's just another tool you can use because the way Google deals with duplicate content is it generally gives the source of the content the recognition. But sometimes, um, you know, a competitor site can come out with the content and get it crawled and indexed first. So then yours becomes a duplicate, even though yours is the very first version. So it's a good way to find if there's duplicate content, and then if you do find it, you can deal with it. Okay, makes sense. Uh, what's the difference between that then and you have uh, compare.php down here? Is that just like a, a file you can upload onto? Well, compare.php is actually the page you go to to compare the two web pages. Whereas if you go to the main URL of the website, I think it's just a box where you paste the text, and then they go to they can do a search and see if it's the contents found anywhere else all right yeah i'm just looking at this email strange <laughs> um we have a majestic.com here I, I set that one separately from the other two as another tool because it's another one of those sites that has a whole bunch of useful tools um, some are free some are paid um, like for example i used to use it for i would insert a url of a page and it would give me a little quick little analysis of how well it does you know, does it have a title tag? Does it have a description tag? It counts the words and tells you, you know, if, if you have the right number of words, it goes and counts how many links are on the page. And, you know, you can use that to say if there's too many links or too little links. So that's just one of the many tools they have. So that's why it's another tool because there's, it doesn't really fit into any single class because it has a lot, like the Moz tools. There's quite a few different Moz tools out there too. So it's one of those other tools you can call it. Okay, what's uh 
what's with this uh, SEO quick toolbar here? When I th when I think about SEO quick toolbar, I think of an SEO toolbar with Quake-like GUI. <laughs> uh, what it is is it's actually a toolbar that, it's, of course, you install in your browser, and it will give you snapshots of all kinds of data in one location. So um, it's, you know, for example, it'll give you your, your Google page rank. It'll give you how many links you have in Google, how many links you have in Yahoo or Bing, um, uh, an age of the domain, that sort of thing. But the nice thing is it ties kind of into a Google search results page as well. So when you do a search and you get the top results, if you give it a few seconds for the toolbar to query the data, you'll get a bar across with every single result that shows the domain's age, how many links it has, what its page rank is, all that sort of thing. So you can kind of get an idea of how important or relevant that, that domain is to that search query. All right, that makes sense. Um, what is the Wayback Machine? <laughs> uh, the Wayback Machine is actually a website that takes snapshots of other websites and stores them. So you can actually go back and see how a website used to look, you know, three months from now ago, six months ago, five years ago. Uh, it doesn't have every single website out there, but you can submit your website to them and get them to start re-indexing it. And when there's significant changes, they will re-index that change. And usually most of the web pages that are on the site at that same time. That's how uh, that's how all these different, uh, I guess, websites have been. Or I guess because I mean, lately I've been seeing a lot of articles. People are like, "Oh, this is what it was like to browse Google, um, like you know, in the early 2000s and stuff like that." <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's it's also a handy tool because if you do come across a case where, say, somebody wants to get your site removed for duplicate content or copyright infringement or whatever. If your site's found in the Wayback Machine, you can use it to, you know, make your case that no, I didn't do that, that sort of thing. So it's it's handy that way. So does it only really, does it work then off of kind of, you can only go as far back as like your last cached sort of website? Um, it not exactly. It 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 like for Google, for example, it, it you know Google was submitted to it years and years ago. So whenever there's a significant change to Google, then it's got a copy of that page. And sometimes it'll be, you know, several times a day, sometimes only, you know, twice a, twice a year where it'll have a copy of any web page. So it's more to do with, you know, significant changes on the site than just every single change that happens. Okay, makes sense. Um, so what does Google Alerts have to do here then with SEO? Uh, well, you can use Google Alerts for many different things. Um, you can get it to notify you by email if there's something, you know, in the search results or even in news articles that's, re you know, relevant to a query you're doing. So for example, if you want to know what Google's doing, if you, you can do an alert for Google in the news and the search results. And whenever there's a news article posted about Google, you'll get an email with a link to that to that uh, that article. But it's also good for search phrases because you can monitor some of your important phrases and see when maybe new competition comes online or somebody, you know, use it to monitor your competition and see what's new in their business model. Maybe there's something new product or service they're offering. That's where the alerts can come in. Ah, I see. That's that's awesome. That's it's really tricky. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of things you can use it for. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um. So obviously, t Twitter has enough of an impact here on SEO for you to put it down on this list. Can you talk a bit about that? Well, it's the same sort of thing. You know, with Twitter, you can do lots of searches for hashtags for topics, that sort of thing. So it's it's another tool where if you're considering getting into say a new market, for example, or just want to know what other people in the industry are talking about. You go to Twitter, and whether you're signed into your Twitter account or not, you can do all kinds of searches. I mean, it's better to be signed in because you get better results, but you can do a search on Twitter and then save it. And then next time you log into Twitter, you can go refresh that search and see what 
just what's happening, the general buzz around that phrase or that hashtag or that topic or whatever. All right, that's a good point. You can also do that stuff on Facebook and Instagram, of course, too. Instagram is, is great for finding out just hot hashtags. And, of course, don't just go with, like, the usual ones, too. Like, get outside of the box a little bit. Think about, like, the niche tags that people are using. Well, exactly, and that's actually something fairly new with Facebook is opening up that search feature so it's not just limited to users on Facebook, but it's actually getting, now you know, timely news articles and that sort of thing that are related to that search query. Awesome. Um, can you talk a little about here, a little bit here about IFTTT? <laughs> if close. That's if this then that. Okay. So what it is is actually there's an app as well, but it's it's a web page you go to and you can set it to give alerts. If something happens, then do this. That's basically what it's about. It it's not just alerts. It's for all kinds of things. You know, you can use it to help you plan your day. You can use it to. You know, if NASA posts a new image on their website, you can use it to download that. It's, it's basically anything you can think of that you want to set a rule to do, this website can handle it. It's good for uh, SEO tools because, again, it's a, another source of alerts. So like Google Alerts, but you're not just limiting yourself to Google now. You can say, if you find an alert on Yahoo News that is relevant, you know, related to this topic or search phrase, then send it to me. You know, if my competitor has added a new product to his website, send it to me. Um, any condition you can think of that you might want to be notified about, you can use this uh, website to help you get that information. Huh, that sounds interesting. I've I've heard of if this then that, and I, I've I think I've you've talked to me a little bit about that before. But can, can you maybe like give a little example of a of time you've used it personally? Well, just actually, that's one example. Is I have uh, um, a condition where if NASA uploads a new image, then I get that email to me. That's one example of just just for personal per, you know reasons. I like to see some of the pictures that the Hubble's taking or whatever. Or, so you know every day or so I get a new image emailed to me in my inbox that I can look at, and it's it's a trigger that was set on that. Um, there's an app you can put on your phone too, which I have some alarms and sort of things set uh, using the app to just remind me to do things. Um, so there's it's really really functional. It does all kinds of different things. You just got to play with it and see. It can seem a little overwhelming at the beginning, but once you start getting into it, and the other nice thing is too. A lot of people already have built the filter you're thinking of. So you're saying, like, I wonder if, you know, I wonder if I can get a, find out a way if somebody's posted something on Facebook, I can get it. Well, you know what? Chances are somebody's already thought of that and already built that for you. So you just got to hook it up to your account and then it'll start running for you. Okay, so you can you can use that for personal reasons too and not just like your, your business, SEO. Oh, yeah, thing. you can use it for anything you want to use it. Like it's, it's a super functional thing that, anybody everybody should be using because it, it's so helpful in so many ways not just research you know just, not just watching competitors but just anything on a daily basis can be done through there wow that's amazing it's just uh yeah i mean you even you even said a lot of this is is really overwhelming just because there's so many different tools but uh i guess yeah one of the biggest things is you just have to get really creative with it oh definitely like you can go in there and the thing is you can search for free predefined actions that are already there so just go in there and type in facebook or twitter and see all the different things that people have already come up with that they're using it for and then you they share it with you so you just go add it to your account and it starts functioning for you just like just like instantly awesome i love it well that uh that wraps up our podcast here our talk with uh just some basic tools and stuff like that uh make sure you guys go and follow us on twitter and instagram my twitter is at christian rjs dad what's yours at r sullivan 25 
Awesome. So make sure you guys go follow that up. Uh, make sure you tweet us, uh, message us your questions, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we'll we'll definitely get them answered on the show. And also we're on YouTube now too at the Local Results Marketing YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe to us there. And of course, always we have our SoundCloud channel. Just search up the search report on SoundCloud. Make sure you guys subscribe to us there. Awesome. Thanks a lot for listening. Have Just a great day. Remember that these links will be posted on um, on the feeds and stuff like that, so you have links to all the tools we've talked about over the past two podcasts. Yes, that too. Great point. All the links will be in the show notes below, so you guys won't be lost and everything like that. Check it out. <laughs>